1: Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Dateable Podcast. We are UA and Julie, and we are here to help all of us figure out what is going on in modern dating. But in the meantime, we're just trying to get over COVID.
0: I don't know how UA and I managed to get COVID <laughs> at the exact same time as UA goes to take a cough break you all know that we are both not in the same city currently. So it's not like we've been around each other. But I feel like, you know, we're just so in sync. I
1: guess that's the (laughs) glass half full way of looking at this is that we're sinking. But it is so crazy how it all happened. Because on Monday, I was experiencing symptoms. And then Julie was also kind of sick. And you tested negative on Monday, right? Mm -hmm. And I tested positive. So I was like, I definitely have COVID. And then she comes back and she's like, I have COVID, too.
0: But could you tell people the story of (sighs) how you think you got it? Because you have a way better story than I do.
1: Well, also, you don't know where your source is. I know exactly where and when (laughs) I got it. This is the thing. This last weekend, and I... For some reason, I kind of forgot COVID existed this past weekend. And I guess it had to come to that point at some time because I've been so careful. You and I have been so careful throughout this entire pandemic. But this past weekend, I was like, I'm going out. I'm going to go say yes to all the invites I've gotten. And one of them is this house party at a friend's house. And she's invited me a few other times and I said no, but this is like the first time I've said yes. And I was pretty excited. But in the middle of this house party, it was on a Friday. First of all, it's in the middle of a residential neighborhood. So all the windows, doors are closed so neighbors don't get bothered by noise. OK, so everything is sealed in, painting the picture. <sighs> there are about 60 to 80 people there. Oof. I'm not sure. And in the middle of the party, they stopped it to do a 10-minute a breathing activation. OK, it was called an activation, basically kind of like... Set your intentions, breathe from your womb, breathe in everybody's energy, and then breathe it out from the top of your head. God, that's so
0: L.A. (laughs) So L.A., but also at the
1: same time. Now looking back, it was a COVID activation. That's what it was. (laughs) Yeah. Breathe in COVID from your womb, breathe in everybody else's COVID germs, and then breathe it out from the top of your head. So Friday, went to the party. Saturday, felt a little bit tired. Sunday, had a stomach ache. And then... We get a, an email from the host of the party saying a few people tested positive. And I was like, oh shit. And then Monday, of course, I test positive.
0: Yep. We, okay. So UA's boyfriend and I, and UA too, have a mutual friend. And she yes. sends me a text from UA's <laughs> boyfriend. That's like the moment that we breathe from our womb, in quotes, that's when I caught COVID. <laughs> and I was like, UA left out this part of the story when <laughs> she told me about the house party. And then I confronted UA and you're like, I was saving it for the intro. I didn't want to give it away. Like, I need to tell you exactly what breathing from my womb meant. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I just went to a house party. Yeah, I was like a super spreader event. And I mean, that alone, yes. But then this was like whole next level. Did you say, like, there's a sex I, party that it's happened after?
1: Yes, there was a there was something else that happened. <laughs> I was not part of that. But what I can't understand is the fact that, like, when this is all going down, there were no red flags in my mind. I didn't even pause and think, OK, this is dangerous. I was like, great. I'm part of this breathing activation. I, I want to be I want to partake. It's because
0: there's this myth now that COVID is over. And I feel like the media and government has just have just given up on it. Like they're like, no one wants to hear about this anymore. We're just gonna stop talking about it. And I admit, even like seeing the signs of like, what is it? BA2 is what it's called?
1: Yeah, I think it's called BA2.
0: like Dr. Fauci was talking that it's out. I'm like, oh my God, why won't this ever be over? But I don't like that. Like I had a false sense of safety and I let my guard down. And honestly, I wish I had a breathing from the womb story. I don't even have a good story. (laughs) I don't even know how I got it. I think it might've been from like plumbers that came to my house to fix the heater, which is just so sad. But so far, my partner is COVID free somehow. He is testing negative, yet does mm-hmm. have some symptoms, so we can't quite tell if it's in his head or if it's real. You know how like when you start to think that you have COVID oh, yeah, and you don't really? Effect. Like, oh yeah, placebo. So, he did vacate though, because we still live at separate residences on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, when I tested last Tuesday, it'll be a week from when this goes out, I did not have it on Monday, so I didn't think I had COVID. And I was just like, mm-hmm. maybe this is just a cold, because I didn't have like a tracing event, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But the only silver lining here, UA, is that you were able to catch up on the ultimatum, which I was really hoping <laughs> that you would.
1: <laughs> well I was gonna say the I I feel like the positive of all this, the positive, oh I don't want to hear that word again. Nope. Is that uh we got it over with and hopefully we won't get it again for a while. Yeah. But we can't pause our lives. I don't know. To me I was like Was it worth it? I'm not sure if it was worth it because we also have tickets for Coachella now that we can't no longer go to. But was it worth it in terms of I wanted to see people. I wanted to go to these events and I didn't want to be stuck at home again, being scared of contracting COVID. And it's extremely contagious right now. And I'm kind of like the last of my friend circle to get
0: it. Oh, really? I feel like I think like a lot of my friends have not gotten it. But anyways, I agree with you. But then on the same token, like, I wasn't even doing anything cool to get it.
1: (laughs) Well, what I am scared of with COVID is this, Julie. Um, Nat Geo posted this, saying that even a mild case of COVID can shrink part of your brain. And then recent brain imaging shows the disease can cause physical changes equivalent to a decade of aging and trigger problems with attention and memory. I am that terrified really of nervous. that as well. <sighs> we actually recorded an episode <laughs> while we were in the middle of our COVID symptoms. And we f- we survived.
0: I thought we were holding it down. I mean, I'm really curious to see the playback on that one. In the moment, it sounded like we were holding it down.
1: <laughs> I was so nervous, though. I was like, what if I don't know how to speak?
0: Yeah, she like walks away. She's like, what the fuck was We all yeah, what was that? Saying. That makes no
1: sense. Also, she was like, wait, you both have COVID? Yeah. But, anyways,
0: this week's episode was pre COVID when we recorded it, and it is a good one. It is all about, you know, your first real relationship turning into the person that you end up with.
1: So, her name is Sydney. She is from The Bachelor and the Bachelorette uh, franchise. She was also on Bachelor in Paradise. I followed her journey for a while, but she is just a fascinating person because she went from having no relationships to now being engaged. to to her first actual relationship.
0: Yeah, and I feel like, yes, many of you probably can't relate to being on The Bachelor (laughs) Bachelorette, But I think a lot of people can relate to this feeling of not having enough relationship experience. Mm -hmm. We hear this all the time and the fear it brings up of, do I know how to do relationships? Will this person like think I'm not a good candidate because I've never been in a relationship? Or even if you actually get into a relationship, how do I know it's the right person if I have nothing to compare it to? Mm -hmm. We were actually on Sydney's podcast, it's called Something to Share, and as soon as she said that her Relationship is her now fiance. UA and I were both like, We need to get you on the show to talk about this. We need this. Yeah.
1: We need to talk about this. And it's it's kind of related to what you were saying earlier, Julie, the ultimatum. Okay. I'm going to yes. relate it back to that show. I,
0: I've been wanting to talk about this for a week and finally UA is caught up.
1: <laughs> I binge watched it. I used to, like you, I was like, This premise is so dumb. But then I got sucked into oh. it and the casting is fantastic because <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine going on a show like that with my partner and then watching him date other people. If you haven't watched the show, the premise is couples come on the show because one person gave the other person an ultimatum of marriage. And the show basically is to test their relationship by having you choose another partner of another partnership, you know, someone else who came on the show for an ultimatum. And then you have a trial marriage with that other person for three weeks. And then you come back to your original partner for three weeks And then you decide who you want to be with or if you don't want to be with anybody at all. I just I cannot imagine watching my partner be with someone else. And that's what they had to witness that whole time.
0: I know it's the Love is Blind franchise at its best. It really is. Um, I feel I feel like a little bad talking about that reality show when it's The Bachelor, but you know it's it also is in theme because it's reality TV and marriage at the end of the day. Yeah. I was so ca- my boyfriend and I were so captivated by this show. We ran into friends on Saturday night. We were at this like um, outdoor music event. Maybe that's where I got COVID who knows but oh, yes. it, <laughs> it was outdoors so it felt so many safe, possibilities but who knows um and they we ran into them as we were like leaving dinner and they're like oh are you gonna like keep going to these events we're like we gotta go home to watch the ultimatum i'm sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we were so sucked into it and yeah I'm, so I, I do want to do an episode about ultimatums i feel like it's not a topic we've talked about it feels a little like antiquated in my opinion i think until now it didn't seem like something that was happening that often but i do see it on one side i see if you've been with someone for a long time and it's not moving in the direction you want it to move it's kind of like shit or get off the pot i do see that side of it but then on the other side it's like do i really want to be with someone because i forced them to be with me
1: yeah. And the reason why now COVID brain is coming back, I'm like, why was I relating this to Sydney? <laughs> is because there are some couples on the show who haven't had much relationship experience. And that is what's preventing them from wanting to marry their partners. For example, April and Jake. Jake just got out of the military and he's like in his early 20s. And he's kind of thinking, well, I don't know if I... If you're the one I haven't dated around and she's like, I'm I'm she's 23 years old and she's like, I know you're the one you're definitely the one for
0: me. She was she was my least favorite character. Hands down. She annoyed the shit out of me. (laughs) <laughs> She's very memorable, though. She's
1: very, very memorable.
0: memorable. I think, though, it's fascinating that they chose such a young cast. I was a little surprised by that because I kind of, I don't know, maybe this is my own my own biases coming through and just the where we live in the country. I feel like when we're 23, I don't know that many people that were dying to settle down and get married, have kids. And I'm sure there are people out there. But I feel like the ultimatum would have made sense if people were like, like 10 years older than they were and had been together longer yes. for i don't know some of them had been together for like a year and a half two and a half yes. years also netflix changed some of their ages oh it was disclosed that some of them were actually in their 30s and oh. they made them younger that's fucked i don't understand that
1: oh i wonder why they did that probably just to like that you so know weird. have that
0: like young hot vibe i don't know it's weird
1: that is weird because I was going to say probably people in their 30s who are giving their partners ultimatums don't want to go on a Netflix show, well, to air out be their dirty also. laundry, but like a dumb 22 year old's
0: like yeah, let's do this. Well, I just think it's funny that there were so many people that were like I was forced to go on this and it's like where you, no, you you weren't, weren't forced yes. to go on it, you know. I don't know, but I You're think also that, paid. yes, the April and Jake scenario. I think what was, I'm not going to give too many spoilers for anyone that hasn't watched, but it was really interesting because he was that scenario that fell into something clearly like actually wasn't happy it wasn't a relationship Mm -hmm. that he felt seen and heard in and it did take seeing this experience to see what else is out there and how he could feel in a relationship so i feel like there's not a clear-cut answer like do you need a lot of experience to know i still think that you can draw on past relationship experiences you have even if they're not romantic to understand how you want to feel in a relationship so when Mm -hmm. you see that when you find that person you'll know it whether you've had significant others or not but it's it was fascinating for him that he was that person that you know he did kind of need to see what else was out there and maybe that's just a reflection of age his own self-awareness his own self-improvement it's not always a factor of just not having enough partners
1: If you are unsure about your partner, sometimes it does make sense to date other people, to see what's out there, to figure out how you feel about your current person. But if you feel really secure about your current person and you haven't had much relationship experience, it really doesn't matter at that point because you already feel good about that person.
0: Right. Like, what is it that's holding you back from next steps, especially with ultimatums? Like, I think, I don't know, I think especially... At that age, I could see why people are hesitant to be married, like that guy, I'll use him as an example. he had just gotten out of the military, like he didn't have yep. a ton of life experience. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. I could see why he wasn't ready to just you know settle down at that point.
1: Have you ever given an ultimatum before? Um
0: no, I've definitely I'm trying to think like not in the very literal sense. I mean, I think I've definitely given this, like, if you're not ready to commit, I'm moving on. So I guess that's like kind of an ultimatum, but we were never together to begin with. I've never given one in the sense of we're together and they're not ready to make that next step. I have not done
1: Mm -hmm. that. Me neither. But I have had friends who've done that with their partners.
0: Yeah. Did it work out for them? Either we (laughs) get married.
1: TBD. (laughs) TBD. I don't ever feel like I need to convince someone to be with me or force someone to be with me. It doesn't feel good if you get married to someone because you made them get married to you.
0: I do have a friend that got close to it and they're happily married now. And okay. I do see that side of it, though. I remember her being like, I'm thinking about anything. things." So we knew that he was going to propose. And we're like, don't do that. <laughs> you know, like, don't do that. It's going to oh, be shit. any day now. <laughs> but I do get it's like, especially I think it had been four years. She's like, I don't want to like keep putting time into this if they're not willing to, you know, take the next step with me. And I think that's very logical, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. normal to feel that way. But then, you know, things did end up working out. He ended up getting to the the same point as her did the extra pressure of her help a little maybe it's hard it's debatable mm. right like there's a couple ways of thinking about it it's like i don't want to force someone but then some people are just very resistant to change even though mm-hmm. it's what they want is to move forward doing nothing is easier than doing something there's You know, behavioral science that backs that up. So sometimes people do need a little push to move in the direction that you're trying to go together.
1: Well, Nick Lachey in one of the earlier episodes says, psychologists would say ultimatums aren't the best at (laughs) resolving your current problems, but it is great at getting to answers. So I think that's what ultimately what it is. It's a test of your relationship and getting to the answers that you're looking for. Yep. And it's not so much like, are you fucking going to marry me or not? It's like, are you even thinking about that with me? Maybe that's the answer, right? right? Are you even in that mindset? Do you even see a future with me?
0: Right. Well, we could go on a whole uh, tirade on this now, how for much hours, we <laughs> but we're going to stop. If you've been also watching The Ultimatum, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram. Start a Facebook post. We have not seen any Facebook posts yet about The Ultimatum, oh, I know. which is shocking because most of the time yeah. when a new reality TV dating show hits the air, there's always a post. And I
1: know Janice has been watching because she's been following Oh my god, on Instagram. Our-
0: I noticed. <laughs> I was going to say our mom moderator janice every time i look at people from love is blind or She's we're them. calling you out right now we know you're listening we're calling you out and we do it with love it's hilarious my i have like the go-to person no matter who it is on these casts is always her that's following always janice so (laughs) anyways we have a great episode in store we're gonna move on from it announcements you know we've already said to hit us up on instagram and join lovin's time of corona so we could talk about the ultimatum but also share this with a friend you probably have a friend that maybe doesn't feel like they have enough relationship experience, or maybe they're dating someone that feels like they don't have enough relationship experience, or someone that feels burnt out with dating I think everyone knows someone like that, or is that mm-hmm. person. And Sydney definitely talks about her journey, and it's a good reminder that things can change in a second.
1: Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have a friend who has COVID and who doesn't who doesn't <laughs> want to watch TV and just wants to listen to some episodes of Dateable. Yeah, send it to them. It's a it's a, a healing a podcast. Marathon. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> whatever your friend could take from this episode we could give them (laughs) there's something for everyone here okay so let's get into it with sydney Sydney, thank you so
1: much for being with us today. You are on tour with The Bachelor Live (laughs) in concert. You're in Charleston. So thank you for taking the time out to chat with us. Uh, So who is Sydney Latwako? She's 30 years old, lives in Cincinnati, Ohio, but currently in Charleston. Uh, She's originally from Virginia Beach, and she is engaged. Now, It's very interesting. She was on The Bachelor Season 23 with Colton, and she's also the host of the Something to Share podcast. But what we find most interesting is that you haven't been in a relationship until your current fiance. Yes. Tell us more about that
2: like where where were you in your love life when you met your fiance you nailed that intro by the way um that was amazing <laughs> um so before i got into this relationship with my fiance we've been we were dating for probably 2 years now before we got engaged i was single so i was living in new york city i'm a professional dancer which is why i'm on tour right now i'm dancing with bachelor which has been great but i was at the time living in new york city trying to date going on app dates Being set up by friends, all of the things, and just really not having any luck. And by this time, Mm -hmm. I was around twenty-seven, doing everything I thought that would work to find the Mm -hmm. right person, um, putting myself out there. But I just didn't have much luck. So when the bachelor came around, um, my friend had known about an audition in New York City and had uh, told me that I should go because she knew I was super single. I hadn't been dating anyone officially or long-term, so I was like, you know what, that sounds hilarious that sounds like it would be an interesting experience um so i went to an open call one afternoon as a joke as a joke <laughs> yeah it was literally a joke. I went with a friend and we thought this would be funny. And we did not We did not expect it to go anywhere from there. The open call itself was like a whirlwind. There was so many women there lined up around the block, so excited about the open call being in New York and just about the opportunity of the show. And I was like, oh, I did not realize what this all was. So yeah, I was not expecting it really much from it, especially not being in a relationship before that. I always had Mm -hmm. fear around not knowing how to be in a relationship or a guy would think I wasn't ready for a relationship if we got to that point. So I always had that fear, but I needed to try something different because everything I was trying was definitely not working. So that led me to that insane show, The Bachelor.
0: (laughs) So we definitely want to get into that, but I kind of want to go back to your dating life. And mm-hmm. you said that, you know, you had this fear because you weren't in a relationship before. Can you kind of walk us through, you know, like some of those dates, maybe even just earlier than your 20s of like where you were when it came to relationships? Was it always a priority to find someone or mm-hmm. how did that play out for you?
2: Yes. So, I think what I like upon reflection, um I grew up dancing, so I think in the back of my mind, I always was in fear that a relationship would interrupt my Career path Mm. or my focus on what I was doing. So I think in the times of me going on dates and doing all the things, I think I was looking for something real in a relationship, but I always had fear deep down that. Even if I were to find someone I liked, that it would interrupt my trajectory or what I thought I was doing, and that was always a fear that I think I was bringing in subconsciously, probably. And the and within dating in general, my experience was just like a lot of fear around like not knowing how to be in a relationship. So I think I was coming Mm -hmm. into dates like that. I know dating is supposed to be super fun, and I I approached it somewhat as fun, but I think in the back of my mind, I wasn't fully ready yet, which Mm -hmm. I think came across in the dates that I either was experiencing or the guys I went out with or just how I was in general showing up to all the dates that I had. What was like the longest situation you've had? I had one situation in New York that lasted, I want to say, off and on for like maybe four months but most of it was off. Um, Uh The other thing that I was dealing with at the time or not dealing with, but also was an experience of mine was that I, because I hadn't had relationships growing up, I didn't have that physical experience yet. So for Mm. most of my original dating experience, I was dating as a virgin. So until Mm. like 27. So that was another thing I was kind of bringing to the table. So my first like situation ship that I'm referring to was around four months. And I think we met out randomly at a bar in New York. And I think I thought he was different because he actually approached me, which Mm. wasn't a common experience for me in New York. I just felt like I wasn't being asked out much. It was really hard for me to find something solid or like a guy that was Pursuant of me, I just didn't feel like I had that experience. So when he approached me in a bar, he wasn't even very chivalrous. It was just like he talked to me in a bar and asked me out. Like the next week, it was nothing super special. But for whatever reason, in the eyes and my mindset of dating in New York at the time, I was like, "Oh, this is what French charming does. He approaches you at a bar, and that's pretty much it." So <laughs> it's the dream a, for so many people right, right it was now. Very very minimum at the time. Um, so we would we went on a couple dates. And I just knew from my other experiences with certain like Bumble dates or uh, different little dates I went on that it always got to the point of that physical and then there was a line drawn in the sand. So Hmm. I think for the men I was going out with, it was either like they saw me as I had to be in a relationship with this girl because I can't take something like that that she's Mm -hmm. held on to for so long or... I can't get what I want. We can't just hook up. So it was just like, be serious with me or we can't hook up. That's what their mindset was. I did not think I necessarily had that mindset going into it, but that was I what I was perceived as, if that makes sense. So going mm. back to that situationship, we had like a little bit of – a fling happened, and I eventually ended up actually losing my virginity to him. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's TMI, um, but it was not all. for me <laughs> as a choice I made. I was I just felt like ready for that experience, mm-hmm. and it was never for me about finding the one to to have that experience. It was more of just like finding someone that I trusted. Should I have Mm. given him this that that offering? No, I should not. Looking (laughs) back, I should have waited probably a lot longer. Um, But I think at the time I was just like, I want to have this experience. I feel like I can have this at least right now with this person and I'm not attached emotionally yet. So I wanted to have Mm. that experience. I just felt like ready. So yeah, we had a little small relationship and then he ghosted me pretty much after he took oh, my shit. virginity, which was super fun oh, so no. he ghosted me <laughs> and then I was like oh great that was not the right choice perfect so then he he did the submarining thing where he would come back <laughs> later on oh, he submarined <laughs> he sub- he was a big submariner so he came back a few months later we tried it out again and then I got to explore I think more of that physical so it was kind of like an exploration for me we did that for like off and on, maybe a month, and then he disappeared again. Wow. And then, and then he came back around. I would say like a month later, and then I was like, you know what? We can't do this anymore. Like. I am not getting anything from this. You're stringing me along. It's making me uncomfortable. Like I would love to not do this anymore. And he was like, "Oh, well, we should be friends. Like maybe, maybe that's a of that's a good plan for us." I was like, "You know what? No. no. <laughs> so As a friend, I'm good here." And I think he was like, "Oh, actually, that's super cool. That's I thought you would want more from me out of this." So. Great. We don't need to be friends. We don't need to hook up anymore. Perfect. Bye. Nothing. So he wasn't the right guy for sure. But I mean, it was, a, I guess, a good learning experience for me mm-hmm. that I should have like stuck to my guns as far as like mm-hmm. what I was looking for. Did he but know that he took your virginity? He knew. Oh, he fully knew. He he took it and then ran.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you have like a lot of feelings towards him or was it kind of just like this is someone that I you know can start to see myself dating?
2: It was the second. I, I think I had more of a feeling not towards him but the situation just because I – I explained why I'd been waiting and he knew that and he was like a little hesitant about taking it, but then he did and then he knew he did, but then still ran away. So that was really hard for me to, you know, take in. I think I more had like anger from the whole situation, mm. but yeah, it, that was my experience. So from then I was yeah. like, okay, I'm a free agent. Now I can explore this <laughs> side of myself, which I did I think with other very small um, relationships. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't until a lot of other – the bachelor and then um, dating my now fiance that I was like, oh, this was actually what I should have waited for. But that wasn't my experience. Yeah.
0: So a lot of times people think like, you know, they mu- people must be religious or there might be some reason mm-hmm. why,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you wait to lose your virginity. Was there anything on your side or was it more just like the experience didn't present itself?
2: Yeah. I actually am not super religious. I'm more spiritual. So it wasn't about religion for me, which I think was interesting. I think I was just always really shy growing up and really like in my shell and protected myself. And mm-hmm. I I think I was also served the messaging of like to be in a relationship could affect my career and things. I just was always kind of given that messaging. So in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I'm going to hold on to this at least. Like if I don't give that away, like I'm not giving that side of myself away. So I don't know. I just it was something that I wanted to wait until I was like fully ready. So then by me having that, exp- that experience and like sleeping with that man, I can't say I regret it, but I know like I could have waited longer and I almost wished that I had because I mm-hmm. had waited 27 years until I mm-hmm. had that experience. So – So, yeah, I I think just my whole like adolescence and I wasn't necessarily waiting for the one. I was just waiting for someone who was worthy of it. Mm -hmm. Ended up making the wrong choice. Yeah. Where did you get that message? Was it your upbringing, your friends? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to like pinpoint exactly where I perceived that. I want to say it was like a combination of my career path and like my dad essentially being like, Mm. you're not a lot. He didn't say you're not a lot of date, but he like was like basically like you're not allowed to date, and you <laughs> preferred that I didn't, so I think it was just like a mix of all of that which led me on this righteous path of holding on to my virginity until I gave it away <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it was just like a combination of a few things where I was like, okay, I think this feels right for me for right now.
1: You're in your mid to late 20s. You lose your virginity. You're now a free agent. You're able to explore this other sexual side of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then this bachelor opportunity pops up, which in your words you said could be hilarious. (laughs) Okay, Mm -hmm. So you go to the open call and you get on the show. What did you expect out of the show? What was that whole experience like?
2: Yeah, so I think... I wanted something new. I felt like I tried certain avenues of dating and approaching it from different ways. I felt very frustrated, especially after having that experience that I had and Mm. some other dates just gone badly and just not feeling like I was getting even close to what I was looking for. So when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, oh, that sounds like a fun afternoon, but it will probably never happen. When it did happen and when it was offered to me, I just – I think I took it as I've spent so much of my life focusing on career and dance and pushing off romantic relationships and almost keeping myself guarded. Like this could be my chance to not let myself do that and almost do the exact opposite of what I'm used to. So – that's how I approached the experience. I think I I think I went into it kind of romantically where I was like, oh, this could be my chance to really dive into like feeling the feelings and potentially falling in love and seeing what that person is like because I didn't know that side of myself and it that mm. side of myself scared me but also was super intriguing to me and I felt like this, that experience could potentially open up that part of myself. Unfortunately, it did not. <laughs> but, well, uh,
1: unfortunately, you went on a season where The Bachelor is gay. So, yeah. <laughs> that,
0: yeah. So not that a viable that prospect. <laughs> yeah. That didn't help. <laughs> um, love
2: and light. But yeah, it just so what going on the show, I tried to do all those things. I tried to be like open and like be opposite of the Sydney that I was normally in dating. And I did not receive it back, unfortunately. And now, like all these years later, I could see why that was maybe the case, considering what who my bachelor was. It's not like anyone's fault. It was just like, you know, there wasn't obviously a romantic connection happening. So when I was like coming to him with like my romantic side and like opening up and telling him my life story, it was obviously not received great because (laughs) he wasn't attracted to me. So you're just not his type. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no one on there was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately no. So that made it a little challenging. But Yeah, so I think I went into the whole experience like super open and romantic and like hopeful, and then left it feeling like (laughs) again.
0: So I admit I'm not a huge Bachelor watcher, but UA mentioned to me that Sydney is really interesting because you left The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Midway like, through. I'm out. So yeah. I want to hear more about that. Like what be- I mean, was it because you felt like, okay, I came to this to find a connection and mm-hmm. I'm not? Or like what drove you to be like, I'm done with this?
1: And before you answer that, I just want to caveat by saying most people stay on the bachelor or bachelor yeah. bachelorette to try to convince of that person to like them back. Most mm-hmm. people don't leave when they don't feel like they're getting that. Recipro- yeah. Reciprocal affection. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting that you were like, I'm out. I'm taking this into my own hands.
2: Yes. So I, from how I was approaching it and how open I felt I was being throughout the process, we got to, I think the next week was hometown. So, like, for me, that would have been really serious. Like, taking a man home to my parents who have mm-hmm. never met a man before and who have never dated anyone before, that would have been like really a big deal for me. So, getting to that place where I was like, okay, I don't know him very well. Like, he's not. Nice. And we have like a decent time, but I don't know this person. Like I I can't be like, Dad, I want to marry this guy. Like I know you've (laughs) never met anyone I've ever been dating. And I know I've never done this before, but like he's the one. I couldn't lie to myself and do that. And I couldn't do that to my family. So with that in the back of my mind, just knowing like the timeline of everything, I was like, okay, well, we could maybe get there if he gave me the things that I need in order to potentially take him home to my family, but we were nowhere close. So I got to that point. It was kind of like drawing a line in the sand where I was like, okay, I've done all these things. I've tried different ways of connecting with him. I've tried telling him different stories. I've tried to be fun. I've tried to be like serious. I tried to be whatever. And I'm not getting much right. under from under – like the surface with him, so this is going to be like my last hurrah because we're getting down to the wire here. So I I went into that last night that I was there fully not planning to leave the show. That was not oh. in the in the plan. I didn't pack my bags. So if you don't know the show well, like if you don't pack your bags and you le- end up leaving, you can't go back to the hotel and pack your bags. Like mm-hmm. they someone has to pack for you. So if I would have known that, I would have packed because I got a lot of stuff got lost anyway. So oh. I went into that night and I was like. If I was in the if I was in the real world here and this was how a guy was treating me would I stay in this would mm-hmm. I like keep pushing and the answer was no because <laughs> disregard that earlier situational ship <laughs> the mm-hmm. answer was no if this was actually a relationship i was pursuing i wouldn't want to stay in this this would not be enough for me so i knew that and i knew the things that i needed in order to get there so i was like okay here's my plan i'm going to go tell him that i'm going to like lay it all on the line here and yep. just be like can you do this for me can you get to where i would hope that you would get with me or is there more here that i'm not seeing or i just needed to know from him cuz he would give me a lot of really nice answers but nothing that like made me feel solid or feel really much of anything. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go and hopefully the, he will hear what I have to say and be like, no, I have, I've seen this about you and this is how I feel about you and this is what I think we can do and I wanted you get, to get you here. And he did not give me any of that. He gave no. me again like a really nice button up answer, really lovely response. Mm-hmm. And I was like, got it. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. this I mean, I was laying it out there and I told myself if he's not going to give back give me what I need, then I have to walk away. And that's exactly what happened. So I was like, cool, I have my answers. I see now that we can't get to where I would hope that we would want to be if you're going to be meeting my family. So I was like, the answer is very clear now. I must leave, which sucked because, again, I wasn't prepared to leave. It is a very fun and exciting experience. And with the fact that I was like so hopeful for a potential romance to happen for me, I was like a very hard pill for me to swallow. But the answer was clear. So I ended up leaving that night and flew home by myself. And all of a sudden, the bubble was popped. And I was like, what just happened? So yes, that was <laughs> Back in reality. Yeah. Wow. Did you exactly. have true feelings for him? I felt for him like he was a very kind person. I could feel just from my time with him that it just like felt like he was holding back a lot, and I didn't know at mm. the time what that could have been. It just felt like there was something he was holding on to, and I just felt like there was – A wall between us that we couldn't cross. And I was trying my best. I almost saw him as like my experiment for me to like see if Mm. I can be really open and see if I can tap into other sides of myself. But when I was trying that and like almost felt like I was throwing stuff at a wall, Mm. so I just felt I felt disconnected for those reasons. So when everyone was like, Oh, he's so great and he's so this, I was like, Oh, that's nice. I'm just not experiencing (laughs) that. Yeah. You know. So
0: So I mean, that's obviously like you did mention some positives that came from it. that mm-hmm. you you know you didn't have that much dating experience this allowed you to have that a relationship experience this almost mm-hmm. gave you that relational experience were there any other positives that came from your experience on the bachelor that ended up helping you out when you now met your husband
2: yes so i would say what i mostly learned was like i have the qualities of be- of being able to be in a relationship i think that was like a big mm-hmm. fear for me. I think mm-hmm. the other great part about the show is that you are constantly talking about your experience in your love life, whether you're doing interviews or not. Like you're, it's a deep dive into that whole side of yourself. So I was able to like really get a lot of insight of to like who I was, what I was looking for, mm. why I might have not had the success in dating yet, and like how I kind of wanted to move forward mm. and what I was looking for. So I think I learned like my strength that I had that I didn't necessarily believe I had going into it. Mm. Like that was. A really scary thing for me to do. So I think I was like, oh, I can do really challenging things for me and like really crazy experiences and I'll be okay. Yeah. And I also just learned like, oh, I can sit and talk with a guy and be like, (laughs) like almost being in a relationship. Like I can, I can do that. Like I don't have to have these like one offs all the time. I don't have to feel like bad in dating so much. Like I can. Stand on my own and I can like be proud of myself and I can ask for what I want out of relationships. So I think that those are my takeaways. That's what I tried to gather from the experience that wasn't what I thought it would be.
0: Let's hold that thought for a few quick messages.
2: This
1: episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure enhancing cannabinoids, libido strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow. It will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discrete packaging directly to your door. So if you're over Twenty-one, you can get fifteen percent off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code Dateable at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use a code Dateable to receive fifteen percent off and one free sample of their Sleepy Dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from via hemp say goodbye Well, coming out of the bachelor, I just want to put myself in your shoes at this point. You haven't mm-hmm. had the best of experiences with <laughs> relationships. You had yeah. interesting experiences, but probably not the best. So mm-hmm. then suddenly you get a DM. How did this DM turn into your now fiance? Yes.
2: Yeah, so bef- <laughs> okay, so before the DM happened, there was bachelor and then it was like a few months and then there was Paradise where I, yes. I did this yes. thing again. Paradise came in once. Um, I went on and I again went on for romantic reasons and again didn't really find it, yeah. but I had a great time. It was great. But I received a DM from my now fiance. I want to say it was like at the beginning of 2020. He, mm. It was his guilty pleasure to watch The Bachelor <laughs> um, he did it on Monday nights with his roommate at the time and they would sit down and they would watch the show. So he originally watched me on Colton season uh-huh. and took a liking to me, which is I think also really special to me because I felt like so unwanted on my experience mm. of Colton season. Like I just felt like not one of the cool girls. I felt like very like not mm. seen very all of those things. So when this guy reached out to me and mind you, it wasn't like, hey, I like you. Let's talk. It was like he would respond to a lot of the things I would put up on. Soul Social media. He would respond to a lot of my stories or I would put up question stickers all the time. And he always responded with like really funny things or really interesting things. And I was always like, oh, I'll I always know I'm going to get something from this guy. Never mm. looked at his profile. Never like really <laughs> no. dived into that any further. But I was like, oh, he's always – I always can trust that he's going to respond to certain things. So it wasn't until 2020 where I started responding back to him. And it, the, uh-huh. pan- the pandemic had just started and we were all back on our phones and our homes and – like very bored. And I got into a long conversation with him one day and I was like, who is this person? I know I've talked to him before. He's always been really funny. So I went and looked at his profile and I was like, oh, Oh. (laughs) he's cute. He's super cute. He's actually my age. He's yeah, He's actually so should, my age. Yeah, him. you never know. Like it could just you be never some 50-year-old dude that you don't know. So yes, he was my age. And like I was like, okay, let's keep talking to him. Like let's see what this could be. So we kept talking for like a few days via DMs. And the conversation went very, very well. And I was like, okay, let's just keep tracking. Like what do I have to lose here? So we just DM'd for I think like two days straight. And then he gave me almost an ultimatum at the end of these DMs. He was like, mm. it's been great talking to you. I don't want to take up any more of your time, but like if you're ever in Cincinnati, like hit me Mm. up and gave me his number. Hmm. So then I sat there and I was like, "Shit!" He kind of tossed the ball on my court. <laughs> Where were you at this time? Which location? So I was originally on tour at the beginning of 2020. Tour shut down, and I was back in my home in Virginia Beach. Got okay. it. Okay. So it was just in my own. I was in my childhood bedroom, you know, talking <laughs> to this guy online that I had never met before. Uh, it was very interesting. Like high school, <laughs> yeah. Super high school, super cute. Um, so he, he sent me his number, and I was like, "Well, I really like talking to him. Why not?" So I texted him almost I want to say like not even a minute later
0: <laughs> I wow. texted him
2: and he did not expect that and so from text we just kept texting all the time and then one day during the pandemic I just cold Facetime him didn't warn him didn't tell him I was going to facetime him just facetimed him out of the blue and then we talked for like three hours that night wow and continued to talk and talk and talk wow. so we created this really interesting bond over the phone and I was like sneaking up to my childhood bedroom every night <laughs> to go facetime this stranger who he obviously ended up not being so much of a stranger after three months yeah. and it was like the time ty- the height of the pandemic where you're doing like zoom happy hours and uh, yeah like, hanging out like on was at house party and playing yep. games. So I had like met his friends on Zoom and all these things. So we, it was a very interesting way to date. So cut <laughs> to three months later, we had been talking and we like built a strong relationship. Like we were almost dating on the phone. It was very interesting. But we really wanted to meet each other in person because we'd gotten to the point where we're like, okay, this is going super well, but like right. I need to know that this is actually something and I'm not just like wasting my time sneaking up to my childhood bedroom to talk to this guy that I actually <laughs> – Won't like in person. So we (laughs) crafted a plan. It was still somewhat in the pandemic and I wanted to be really safe. So I was like, okay, how about I fly to you and we meet in person? I'll fly to Cincinnati and I'll stay for a few days and then you'll drive me back to Virginia and then I'll like quarantine with. In, in the house there or something. Huh. So that's what we did. And um, but then the problem was I had to tell my parents that I was huh. going to be flying to Cincinnati to meet a stranger. <laughs> you met with they had not <laughs> heard of at all. Yeah. So they did not like that very much. So it took some convincing of my parents, but we eventually. Were allowed, you know. They eventually (laughs) let me fly. I was like, "Well, think about it like this: if I was in LA right now or living in my apartment, I wouldn't necessarily ask you whether I could go or not. Just because I'm at home, that you want to have a say." So I flew, and what I think helped us was having strong boundaries around it, where we were like, "If, say, if I get there and we hate each other, we, we, (laughs) it's not what we thought. It's like either one of us." Can say that openly. Like, I could either get a hotel. He was like, I'll go stay with my parents. You could stay here. Like, and then we'll figure out how to get you home. So, we had that set up before I even got there. So, there almost removed the pressure of like, we need to hit this off and we need to be dating after this. Mm -hmm. So, that made me feel comfortable because, as you know, from my past dating experiences, I didn't really do stuff like this. I didn't have these whirlwind romances where I just fly to random places. So, that's what I did. We uh so we met up in person and I I also was like I'm going to kiss you right away. I want to get it out of the way. And I don't want to wait around and like see what see what this could be. I want to just get this out of the way so we're not like waiting for this thing to happen. Yeah, so we did. Cindy, yes. Yeah, and then other things happened as well, but <laughs> <laughs> we did wait like at first meeting, yeah. <laughs> let's get
1: all
0: of this yeah. out of
2: the way. Show me your penis. Yeah. Show me everything just, you got. Show it's me like the scene student. from the notebook where they like stripped down naked before yeah. they like yeah. it's like not that didn't happen the but airport, kind of,
0: you're just doing yeah, it. Yeah, right?
2: just like we're <laughs> just taking off pieces of show clothes, me, Yes. Show me your student loans. Show, show exactly. Me loans. Show me your credit score. Let's talk. Yeah. Well, but that's a, that was the thing is like all of those conversations were had before yeah oh like even like marriage and kids questions were like already out there because you only have so much that you can talk about over the phone that's true a lot was was talked about it was the physical that we hadn't been able to do so the test of this was physical
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. so you clearly hit it off physically since you're now engaged
2: (laughs) yeah things worked out
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) how did this like for after this, yeah. were you just instantly a couple or was there more yeah. progression?
2: Yeah, so going back to that, so yes, so I stayed there for a few days and then he drove me back home. So I immediately met his family. So then we were kind of on like hyperdrive from this point out. Wow, so I immediately yeah. met his family just because of circumstances and we hit it off with them. And then he was driving me home. And then after a few days, he was going to meet my family. So it was like hometowns. Right, right then and there. Uh, yeah. Um, So we kind of sped things up and then we were doing long distance. So we, we kind of started dating just from that point. I think the test of me meeting him in person was the the nonverbals that I can't really get over the phone. Like, right. will he be mean to waiters? Will he mm-hmm. like hold the door? Well, does he smell weird? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know this on right. my phone. So things like pheromones, like, I don't know if this right. is going to mm-hmm. be the same thing. Turned out I was fine. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I've also heard from people who did who had a similar of like talking for a long period of time during the pandemic and like doing Facetime? Who had the opposite experience? Yep. So I'm like, yep. very many of those too. Many. I'm very <laughs> thankful that it worked out the way it did. I think looking back on it, because we had so much time to talk and like so much time to get to know each other, like I trusted him fully, which is very interesting
1: because mm-hmm. it
2: kind of removed all of the like nuances of dating. There wasn't like a lot of courting, but I like mm-hmm. I knew I knew him to a core because I. Talk to him about everything before right. we had to even like connected in person. So from there, we were doing long distance. So he would drive ten hours to see me wow. and ten hours back. So he was he was fully committed. He was doing the work too, which I also appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided to fly to Cincinnati for a month in August of 2020, and I was going to go back to my apartment in LA. So when I flew to August in 2020, I never left. Okay, <laughs> I stayed for a month, and then a month <laughs> turned into me moving in so yes like i said we went on hyperdrive so we started talking in march i was living there by august
1: crazy um but is that crazy how long okay for the bachelor how long are you on the bachelor till hometowns i want to say it's like a month
2: and a couple weeks
0: yeah
1: exactly and then people get engaged after
0: that so this is actually slow
2: (laughs) so maybe i was in the yeah so this is like we should have been retired (laughs) with eight kids by now exactly you're behind yeah so i'm very behind. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, I think maybe helping that help that I was already in that like headspace of like, yeah, yeah things happen pace. really fast. But I, I think at the time I was just like, okay, I'm going with the flow of what's working and what's working right now is this relationship. And like, mm-hmm. we just really get along. What's not working is career stuff and everything's shut down and all of my normal life is not working. So I'm going to focus on this and yeah. just kept going.
0: So you know, it's interesting. It's like in earlier times, it wasn't expected that you had a zillion really. Relationships before you met your person—that wasn't the expectation. But nowadays, it almost is. It's kind of like, oh well, you can't just settle down with the first person you meet. Like, what about all these other people? Will you know what you want? Will you know what's out there? Did you ever have any of these feelings, or were you just kind of like, nope, this is working. I'm sticking with it.
2: So I had those feelings a lot dating, like whether it was me feeling that or other people putting that on me, like thinking, like, oh, you. I think that happened to me a lot in Paradise. Mm -hmm. A lot of the men were like, oh, you've never had a relationship before and kind of wrote me off because of that. Right. So then I think internally I kind of wrote myself off. But I – I think I was just like waiting for the right person to show all of the parts of me that I knew I had. I just held out for a very long time. I think I just had a lot of fear that I wouldn't be able to do it, but I I verbalized that fear a lot. I I mm-hmm. told my now fiance that, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't tell me if I there's like some cues about relationships or things that <laughs> most people know that I don't. And from what I learned, there's really not a lot that I didn't wow. know. There really, there really wasn't a lot of things that I had missed through my experience, which, and I think, with him being so understanding of that and so like willing to work with me or be meet me where I was at, I was able to open up and continue exploring that. I think if it was someone who was judging it or didn't go at my, kind of my pace, I think it would have been a lot harder for us to develop as fast as we did. But because he understood where I was at and I kept explaining like I don't get this or if I'm yeah. missing something, let me know. Um, I think that definitely helps. But yeah, I always tell people that like y- you. You can do relationships. You've been in relationships with friends or family. Yeah, or, totally. Yeah, it's all it's relationships. just a different form of right. that.
0: We have listeners all the time that say this, that they're very concerned. And so it sounds mm-hmm. like what, what I'm gathering from what you said, it sounds like it was more of your self-doubt than doubting like there was something missing with the current relationship. Like that felt Yeah, good. yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Was there ever a moment where your fiance felt like you should really date around before you get married? Because I've had I've seen friends mm-hmm. where, you know, one person has more experience than the other. And it's like you sow your wild oats first and mm-hmm. then come back. And I'm sure people have said that to you, too, outside of your fiance. What does yeah. that ever happen? And what do you say to that? Uh, it
2: didn't with him. And I also felt like I almost saw everything I needed to see in dating. Like I didn't really feel like I missed out on anything or yeah. I just – I feel like I tried a lot of different dates and things. Um, I just didn't fully get the experience. With him and I, we almost knew like we were, we knew that we – each other were – I don't want to say like the one, but like that's how we felt from like the very beginning mm-hmm. So I don't think we experienced that personally. Um, and I also don't ever think like, oh, I'm missing out or, oh, I should have had these other experiences. Like I, I'm good. <laughs> like I don't need <laughs> to go back and yeah. do that. But I, I know for some people, like I think everyone's different with it where some people like need to try like everything under the sun and try different experiences and have like crazy heartbreak. I just didn't feel like I needed to have that to understand what I was fully looking for because I think as long as – I was going on these dates now as I was trying these new experiences. I was always like doing my own self work and mm-hmm. re- analyzing constantly like, okay, this had a little bit of this. This guy had this. Don't like that. I like mm-hmm. this quality. So see if we can find that. And what did I like about myself in that experience? And, like, How can I do better in the next one? So I, it's always constantly trying to be better and do better, which I'm still doing in the relationship I am in now. We're constantly like, I need to work on this thing. I didn't realize this was a thing I did or it didn't know that this would be an issue, but I'm going to work on it, stuff
0: like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that is kind of the angle for most people is to find that person that they're super in love with and happy with. So... It is kind of ironic that we feel like we need to go through all these experiences. Mm. Obviously, experiences can help us grow. But at the same time, if you find that right away, I don't think ever, anyone should ever feel like, oh, they missed out on it. It's like, oh, do you need to be ghosted 10 times? Like, probably not. Like, that's like, yeah. you can learn from it, but you don't need mm. that to happen.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I I think what I did that helped me was I always tried to look to relationships that I really sought for myself so whether that was like friends and relationships i saw qualities that they had or mm-hmm. it was like people on tv where i was like oh that's something i would really like in a partner so i could identify it for myself easier where i had a better understanding of like what it was i what it was i was actually searching for instead of just like blindly waiting for mm-hmm. something to show up i was like constantly like okay what is it what does that actually look like for me like what is the picture that i'm seeing for myself
1: so let's get into that because we do have listeners who Haven't been in many relationships, and their questions like, "How do I know when I found the right person for me? What does that even look Mm -hmm. like?" So one is looking at other relationships that you really aspire to have. Mm -hmm. What else? Like, how did you know that
2: your current fiance was the right guy for you? I think a lot of it was there was no guessing game. Like Mm -hmm. he told me that, and. There was never games, there was never, is he gonna text me back? Should I try this thing? And we did have a different experience where we were only talking via FaceTime, but there was never a question mark of how he felt about me, how I felt about him. We were very open with that and open about what we wanted down the road. So I think when something's right, you can have you can ask the crazy questions about like marriage and kids or what you're looking for mm-hmm. because they're not running away from it. They're like receptive of it and they want to have those conversations too. So that was a huge difference for me where I felt like, oh, I can talk about these things and it's not weird or scary yeah. or like hard to bring up because we just already do that. And he always, made sh- he always makes sure he I know how he feels about me mm-hmm. and continues to do that. And I'd say other things, if you feel like the type of person that needs to have different experiences, then like go have those experiences, like put yourself out there and try it. I, for me, it was like just getting super clear on what it was that I was looking for and recognizing when it wasn't the thing that – I was asking for or looking for when the Mm. F boy came in and treated me badly or like had a, a date that was like not it. I wasn't like, oh, maybe like I'll keep trying. It was like, no, right, that's not the door. Let's try a different one. So I think, yeah, it was you a left The Bachelor
0: mid season because of that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But it's tough. I know I've been in those experiences too, where you're just like, oh, but he kind of has some qualities, and mm-hmm. you know, he could be there. Let's, I, yeah. like, I remember I want to date right before the show and we had an amazing day he like cooked me dinner he was older he had a really good job he was like super funny we like danced in his living room and i i started doing that future projecting like seeing uh-huh. myself in his life thing which i wouldn't recommend um and <laughs> we then all do he it. ghosted me he ghosted <laughs> me i i like a week later, he said he had a dental emergency.
0: Oh,
2: whatever that means. And I never heard from him again. So I think he's dead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a real to-
0: dental emergency. Yeah, it's really bad apparently.
2: Yeah. Um that's what I told myself. And then I did the whole like stalking him on Facebook at the time and like figuring out what happened to him and a lot of things. But you know what? <laughs> it's okay. You know? I don't remember what I was going with that story. But those I've had those experiences too where you've he felt like an almost for me. Like those are the qualities mm-hmm. I was looking for. And like I could have seen where this could have gone and it it was not it wasn't it he mm-hmm. didn't he didn't express the same feelings or wants that i did
0: because he didn't show that to me mm-hmm. okay so you meet in march 2020 you're moved mm-hmm. you're moving in by august 2020 then what does the rest of the relationship look like like when did you get engaged all that
2: yeah so i moved in in august and what's interesting about when you move in with someone is that honeymoon period kind of doesn't happen just because you're now yeah. living and you see everything you're always together and it was like so fun and we were playing house basically for a while and it was really great but there's no like there is and there isn't a honeymoon phase you get to see a lot so we had a very interesting relationship and that we never really like dated we never really did all of those things that you do when starting a relationship Mm -hmm. we're kind of doing that now in a way more now that the world's like more open we're like going back to like the dating and that kind of stuff which is interesting but we so we were dating, I guess, for like a, a year and a half after that. And then we got engaged in December of 2021. Yeah. Right before – Uh, this new year. So yeah, we just kept doing – we basically just like turned into a little family. Like his dog became my dog and (laughs) I found work in Cincinnati and was working on my podcast from home at the same time. And then I just redid his entire home with all of my things and moved in all my stuff. And we just basically kept – we just turned into basically a married couple. It was very interesting. But yeah, we got engaged then I think like a year later after I moved in. So And you've been talking
1: about marriage this whole time, pretty much since
2: the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always said that that's what I was looking for and that's what I wanted, Mm -hmm. not like I needed it right away. But we knew pretty early on that we wanted to marry each other. It was like never a question. Like he told me the other day that when I was walking to his car from the airport when he first picked me up that he knew like then, Mm -hmm. which was like when we first were in person. So. I think because of that early conversation and just us being so on the same page that it was never really a question that we wanted to marry each other. Yeah.
0: Were you in like constant convos about it or were you surprised when he actually proposed?
2: We were in constant conversations about it. It was never and I think what helped for him, I feel like with a lot of times with guys, I don't want to generalize, but like if they see their friends all getting married or if Mm -hmm. they're like family members are getting married and they're kind of in that headspace or they're seeing a a lot around them, they're fully ready for it. So that's like his brother had gotten married he just his brother had just had a kid so he was kind of already in that mindset so it wasn't like me having to convince him to be ready he was already fully ready so it just continued to be a conversation and it we decided I think that we were going to get ready he 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 had told me he wanted to get married before the end of last year so I knew that before we had uh, Mm -hmm. even fully decided when it was going to happen so I always knew like okay I have a few months till I'm engaged (laughs) but yeah I think the conversation just kept we just kept discussing it essentially, and it was never really again, it was never a question for me whether mm-hmm. that was going to happen or not.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like personally that's the best way I know like the movies and everything tells us that it's just like the surprise and you're not expecting yeah. it be a surprise it. you know mm-hmm. I feel like it's so much better, even though it's you know not as romantic but it's mm-hmm. it's more practical in a partnership.
2: I wanted to pick out my ring. I wanted to know exactly what I was going to wear like yes. all yes. I, I was there was no surprise. I wanted out of that. I'm like if I have to wear this thing for the rest of my life like I don't need a surprise. <laughs> like you can yeah. surprise me with a watch maybe but not the ring. So I was very specific about that. He got to the surprise element was how he actually asked me. So yeah. that was mm-hmm. where these so I didn't nice. know about that, which I liked. Yeah, I love
0: that. So I guess like what's one piece of advice you would have for someone that feels like maybe they don't have enough relationship experience, and having some of the same fears and you no know, self critiques that you may have had early on. Like, how do you mm-hmm. help them get over that to now have what your experience—a loving, wonderful partnership?
2: Exactly. Um, I think it's a reframe for yourself. I think forever, I told myself, maybe you're not good enough, or you don't know enough, or you won't know how to do this thing that we're all like looking for. A lot of us are looking for relationships. And I just had so much fear around it and it made me hold myself back and it made me maybe not pursue people or certain things I was looking for because I just felt like not worthy of it. So I would tell people to reframe that for yourself don't believe that you don't know enough because you haven't been in a relationship like even if you don't know everything you're going to figure it out as long as you're open and as i as we did i was just always open with my partner and always explained where i was at and how i was feeling and as much as you can be open in the process cuz the right person is going to be receptive to that and the right person is going to meet you where you're at and not judge you for not having that experience It almost can be a positive in some ways cuz you're not coming into this relationship with baggage or hang ups over past relationships Exactly, which a lot of times that can happen too. Um, and I just say the element of being hopeful is very important, even though you are going to have a lot of ups and downs with relationships and dating. I just always r- remind people to try and stay open and hopeful because you really never know when it's going to happen. I was, t- if you were to tell me that I was going to meet my partner in a pandemic after yeah. trying all these weird dating uh experiences and going on a tv show for dating but i ended up meeting him in the middle of a pandemic like i would have thought you were insane Mm -hmm. so it can truly happen i know that's so annoying like when you least expect it but if you are open and still putting yourself out there and very getting very clear on what it is that you're looking for it can happen um I just, you got to remain very hopeful that it will in the meantime. How did you remain
1: hopeful after the whole Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise experience? I can see someone
2: just want to, be, want to crawl into a hole after all that. Just like, let yeah. me reset. How did you mm-hmm. remain hopeful and open? I mean, there was a lot of times where I would just like go sit in the bathtub and like cry to myself. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> there was ups and downs with it. But I, in the back of my mind, I always knew that I was worthy of something really good and that I... Wanted that and needed that for myself. And I was willing to wait as long as it took. I know I didn't do that with the virginity thing, but I was willing to wait as long as it took for the right person to like really dive into that. So I just kept, you know, believing in that and kept pushing for that and kept staying hopeful. Was I always 100%? Absolutely not. But I just got to keep, keep pushing yourself, like you have to know yourself the best and you have to, you know, show up as your best self. So as long as you have that with yourself, you're going to be fine going into anything that you're looking for. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I love the story so much. There's so many takeaways that I have. I think the first big one is we always say there's no right way to date. There's no Mm -hmm. one right way to date. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same for dating experiences as well. Your story doesn't need to look like someone else's story. You don't need to go through every single situation that your friend goes through or whatever it may be, all you need to do is recognize what you need in a partnership and recognize when the right person comes along. I think so many Uh times we get in our own heads with that thinking like, oh, do I have enough data points? Do I know enough? All that is not necessary. Like if you can trust yourself and Uh what it is that's important to you. So that's the first one. The other one I have too is it almost doesn't matter what your past relationship experience is because every relationship is is different. And what you have built with this current person isn't what you build with someone else. So of mm-hmm. course, there's benefits of being in a relationship like more sex or a companion, but that may or may not play out either depending on the relationship you're in. So it's almost easy to say like, oh, I, I don't know enough because I haven't done this. But as long as you've had relationships in your life, which could be family, friends, whoever, you are equipped to have a relationship. And instead of looking at it like this person has being more experienced experience than I do. It's almost like, how can we build this new experience together? I think that's the most important thing with relationships. And we all have a different past. We all have a different story. And it ultimately doesn't matter as long as it brings us to current day together. Exactly.
1: What I really admire about you, Sydney, is that you've stayed true to yourself through all of this. And it's very hard to do once you've been on TV and you've gone through these experiments. I remember watching you on Bachelor in Paradise and I was like, this is just who Sydney is. She is who she is. And I like that the show didn't focus on you because you're not drama. You didn't Mm -hmm. bring in this like other fake side of you because you were truly in this wanting to see if you're capable of loving someone, capable of being in a relationship. And you were curious to see if that romance could exist. And I think for everybody else, you don't have to go on The Bachelor to to realize this, but put yourself in situations where you are challenged to be more romantic, to be more mm-hmm. affectionate to show more of that loving side of you because something that we've talked about on this podcast is when you've been single for too long or for a long or for a long time or you haven't had the, all those experiences you start blocking that side of yourself because yeah. you're just trying to be like this independent person self-sufficient but To truly love someone and carve out a space for someone else, that takes skills Mm -hmm. and that takes time to build that up. So I I really appreciate that you worked on that on The Bachelor. I think you know something that Julie touched upon too is like all experiences are experiences, and they don't have to be romantic relationships. It could be just a relationship with your barista that you see every (laughs) morning, or even with like your pets. I never understood like the true feeling of giving my whole self to someone until I got a dog I will fully admit that because that is Mm -hmm. that is a creature that is solely dependent on me and after getting a dog I realized I have the capacity to love someone more than I love myself and that's Mm -hmm. really huge and that's the experience that's not a romantic Mm -hmm. relationship although I would argue it's a very romantic relationship with my dog and (laughs) last but not least check your dms I'm gonna check my dms now you never know who's dming you The universe is throwing you stuff and sometimes there are nasty people that you don't want to talk to, but sometimes it could be your current fiance. Yeah.
0: I love what you said too about intentionality because I think as soon Mm -hmm. as you're intentional, that's when these opportunities tend to come in. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a little woo woo, but I believe the universe like does hear and see what we're trying to put out. So probably Mm -hmm. just getting that intentionality. And I love how you went about it, even without past relationship experience, nothing needs to stand in your way of getting intentionality. And that's what will just you don't need to go through all these experiences and just do a free for all if you can get intentional of what you're looking for. Yeah, that's huge.
2: Love that. You got to really know yourself and be, stay true to that person for sure. And then the yes. right person will show up eventually if you keep at it. Yes. And then meet <laughs> you where you are.
1: Mm-hmm. um Sydney, where can
2: people learn more about you? Absolutely. So a lot of that would probably be on social media. I am on Instagram at Sydney Lotoaco, Lotuaco, L O T U A C O. Same with TikTok. I am also I have a podcast at Something to Share Podcast, um, and that we, we release episodes. They were on this an amazing episode all about dating. <laughs> um, we have episodes every Wednesday, so come find me there.
0: Yes, definitely check out Viad UA's episode on Sydney's podcast.
2: I loved it. It was so good. So good. Such a great convo.
1: And this was such a great convo. Thanks again for taking the time out of your tour schedule to chat with us and tell us about your story. Your relationship with your fiance sounds very aspirational. And I think that's like couple goals, right? To You can do things backwards if you need to. Yeah. If it works for you, it works for you. And people just need to find a way that works for them. For all of our listeners at home, you know what works for us is when you give us five stars. And Apple Podcasts that truly works in our favor. We really love you for doing that. Maybe leave a little love note if you dare or would like to. Um, We truly love that as well. Okay, so we're going to wrap up this episode. Stay Stay dateable. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership.